hello, hello, and welcome to Jada's Digest podcast. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you here. Today, we're going to dive right into this question. Is sugar inflammatory? This is going to be in two parts this episode. We're going to talk about first, what is inflammation? And two, what is sugar? And why is it important? So let's answer this question right off the bat. Is sugar inflammatory? No. So now we're going to go into the long answer. To say that something is inflammatory means that your body is fighting off a illness, a virus, or a foreign object, okay? So that can be food. Yes, it can be a virus that your body has never had. It can also be different strains of viruses, right? Where we've seen that there's so many different strands of COVID and some people got hit the first time, some people didn't. Some people are now having COVID symptoms, right? Things like that. But then we also need to understand understand how our body is always in inflammation state. Okay, so let me let me explain this. Our body, in order to keep homeostasis, it needs to constantly fight off viruses, illnesses, and foreign objects because we're alive and we're touching things and we're doing things and we're experiencing life. So it is always. That part of the fact sugar is inflammatory is saying that sugar is foreign and that it is always going to be causing this inflammation reaction in our body, whether it's in our gut, whether it's in our brain, whether it's in our joints, it can always cause this inflammation. Now, scientifically, this is completely false and wrong unless you completely overeat sugar. Like if that's all you eat day in and day out for years on end, then yes. Are there other things that cause inflammation like heavy metals and things of that nature? Yes, absolutely. But I want to stick to sugar because sugar is something that our body naturally produces. Our body naturally produces glucose and that's not foreign. So our body really isn't fighting off the sugar. What's happening and what research is showing us is that sugar intake has just been overly compensated. So this is another thing that we need to understand. Glucose and carbs are actually the main and preferred energy source for the brain. I recently was listening to, I'm not even sure if he's a doctor. Anyways, I'm not going to say any names. But anyways, someone on Instagram. And they were talking about how sugar in the brain is also known as Alzheimer's or ADHD or autism, things like that. Okay, so much to unpack there. Because saying that there's actually sugar in the brain, then we got other issues, okay? It really brings home this idea of like we have sugar in the brain right and these are the words and the phrases that I'm also hearing just as much as you are and it's probably honestly why you're even listening to this episode right now because you're like I always am hearing how bad sugar is for us but when we get to know and we self-advocate for ourselves which this episode is doing now for you is when you know the facts that if sugar and carbs are actually the preferred way that our brain needs to function in order to make decisions, in order to have a reaction, in order to go for a run, in order to lift heavy weights at the gym, in order to play with our kids, in order to wash dishes, in order to fold the laundry, in order to organize your cabinets, in order to do life, this is the preferred way. Plus the fact that now we know that the body actually produces glucose naturally. So it's not inflammatory. Great. Okay, so we got that kind of handled, right? The second part of this is sugar. What is sugar? It is in dairy, it is in fruits, it is in veggies, it is in carbs. This is where we begin to have the very balancing act of food relationship and quote unquote healthy foods. You could be eating the most healthy freaking diet ever 
whatever media has convinced you of what healthy is, you could be having the most healthy diet. And yet you still could be having bloating, brain fog, inflammation, joint problems, brain fog, memory issues. Because to be having all the chronic illness symptoms and you're like, yeah, but I eat healthy. Your food relationship 1000% determines how well your gut microbe absorbs all the nutrients that you are eating. With that being said, if you are having sugar consistently, but you're not overeating it, you're actually teaching your body how to absorb and eliminate the excess sugar. There is a guy on Instagram. He recently did a every single day I'm going to eat pure sugar and I want to see if I still lose weight. And in three months that he did this, he still lost 12 pounds. So sugar isn't the reason why you can't lose weight either. And even in my type 2 diabetes clients, I remember one specific uh, client, she was my first type 2 diabetes client. And one of the like, whoa, are you kidding me moment was when I told her to actually have fruits. And she was like, no. And I said, yes, like you can 1000% have fruits. And she's like, yeah, but my doctor told me that I can't because it's sugar. And this is so common and this is so popular is that fruits are bad for you, especially if you have type 2 diabetes. But it's not about that. It's about blood sugar regulation. Blood sugar regulation is a natural cycle that happens. We should never be aiming for blood sugar to be at like what we call baseline, to be flat. We never want that. We want it to be more like waves versus mountains, but we also don't want it to be flat. And when we're hyper fixating on sugar is inflammatory and I'm not going to have a piece of cookie, you know, or a cookie or a piece of cake or a lollipop or, you know, what, whatever it is that you feel that you are indulging in or you are very afraid of, it all comes back to your food relationship and there is no self-advocacy around food, especially sugar. Okay. And so when I told this client to, yes, you can have fruits, but I want you to balance your, your glucose. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to add fruits with some cheese. And this is a very common food combination that I talk about. I talk about it constantly on my Instagram stories. This is a very, it's very common. All right. So if you've ever been on a call with me, if you've ever done a mass class with me, this is something that I talk about day in and day out is blood sugar regulation snacks. Right. And so I'm going to give you a few snacks so you can have that tangible takeaway, and you can start doing this today, right? So grapes with cheese. Personally, I love grapes with with gouda, with smoked gouda. Mm, so good. Feta with watermelon. And all my Balkan people, y'all know when I say that, it is just mwah, chef's kiss, right? You can have apple with peanuts, dark chocolate with peanuts. These are all blood sugar regulation. And the, that's the thing, is that now we've just included sugar but we're helping our body not produce so much insulin for when we are intaking the sugar. And when we are also intaking the sugar and now we're out also balancing it with a high fat or a high protein, when we're doing that, we're also letting our body know it's safe to have sugar. So we're so less likely now to actually binge on sugar. We're so much less likely to say, oh my God, like I'm going to have this entire pack of Oreo cookies. It's asking yourself, okay, why am I actually having this entire pack of Oreo cookies? It's not necessarily, oh my God, this is so terrible for me because that's that's that downward spiral that we all have gone down <laughs> and it's miserable. And then to get back out, it's almost like you have to do the same thing over again. You have to like talk yourself into how terrible you are and how terrible the food is. It's so funny, right? And when we got that down that spiral of like, 
this food is so bad for me and that sugar is inflammatory and that sugar is so terrible for me, right? It's the same words and the same concept, right? And to get you out of that. So then you go back into doing your elimination diet or you go back into hyperfixating on never eating sugar. And then again, you binge. And then again, you have these symptoms. So now we have the self-advocacy and we understand glucose is naturally created in our body. It is the actual act of taking sugar out of your diet that is actually deteriorating your ATP. And your ATP is your energy source. It is the currency of your energy. And I want you to think about this like this. U.S., Australia, Europe, Japan, they all have different currencies. And their currency of money works for their country. And as time evolutionized and as we get into, you know, the world of money and things like that, right? You can actually interchange them, right? So you can go to your bank or you can go to the currency exchange, right? So you go to currency exchange and you get out. Sometimes you lose money, sometimes you gain money, okay? That's how ATP works. And the main source of having more ATP is magnesium, which we'll talk about later in another uh, podcast episode. Magnesium is a great source of creating more ATP, sugar, and carbs. So in all that, what I personally hear when I think of sugar, carbs, magnesium to create more energy and to help stabilize my blood sugar, I actually am thinking, wow, diverse eating. So I can have high magnesium foods like leafy greens, mangoes, right? Like all these foods that now exist, right? And I can actually pair it with something that I actually enjoy. So let's say that you don't like cheese, all right? So let's think about something that actually is high in sugar and that we can still balance your blood glucose while doing so. It is not going to cause such insane reactions because we're actually intaking sugar, right? So my idea of that would be mango. And this is a hyperfixation snack for me. Hello, neurodivergency. It really is. So I get the frozen bags of mango that you get at like Meyer Kroger Sprouts or your just your local supermarket, right? And yes, I get frozen because I live in Michigan and they are almost never in season except like for two weeks. And they bring it over from like Chile, some beautiful country like that where you know, they just come here and it's already out of season, right? And so with that being said, yes, I get frozen mangoes. And yes, I do recommend you getting frozen fruits and veggies, especially if they're not in season. And so I do mango and then I actually combine it with cinnamon. And cinnamon is actually really going to help your blood sugar level because that's actually one of its jobs is to regulate sugar. Even if it is a sweetener, that's one of its jobs. And so I can say, wow, Mango with cinnamon is definitely my go-to, especially when I'm feeling fatigued. If I'm feeling really brain fog and memory, uh, that's lacking, right? Those are the moments when, I, when, I, when I'm talking about, I know exactly what to eat when, that's what I'm talking about. That's the ultimate self-advocacy that we can create for ourselves. But it all began from the first thing that I said in this episode, besides the three hellos and, the <laughs> and all that, right? I said, Sugar is inflammatory, right? And we're going to create self-advocacy around it. I had to let go of that noise that sugar is inflammatory to be able to say, okay, this mango with cinnamon snack is really going to help me out. Like physically, literally, 
blood glucose wise, scientifically, gut wise, like everything, right? And so, yes, this is way easier. And it's way easier to understand sugar regulation. It is way easier to understand absorption when you actually begin to eat diverse. When we are having this, this binge, this binging of sugar, okay? So let's say now you know, but let's say like yesterday, yesterday before you listened to this podcast episode, you had a binge on sugar and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? Nothing. You do absolutely nothing. What I want you to do from now on is to understand that sugar is not bad and that you should probably include it in your diet. And to be even more specific, you should probably include it during the AM hours versus the PM hours. So if you are into chocolate, get some dark chocolate that's really high in selenium and supports thyroid as well. So dark chocolate with some nuts. Great. Or if you just really just want Oreos or if you really just want cake or if you really just want chocolate or if you really then just do that and then ask yourself, okay, what else can I add to this? And that's the thing about leveling off these these peaks, these mountain peaks and these these dips of sugar monitors and sugar overall, the levels. Right. And really being hyper fixated on that, because that's all the rage right now. Right. Is like. Balancing your blue, your blood, your blood glucose levels. This is what's going to do it, and da, da da da. And you should buy this this biohacking tool and this monitor because it's going to help you. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying no. And I mentioned this in the, in the biohacking episode that I did earlier. I'm not saying no. All I'm saying is that I know myself, and that consistent of a data is really going to paralyze me. It's really going to paralyze me. It is going to make me think about every single food on earth all the, all, all the time, just all the time. And I don't think that's healthy either. I think that's actually an eating disorder. And so it's so fast. It's so that that line is so blurred in between I'm doing the healthy thing and now I'm developing another chronic illness. It's so blurred. Hopefully this episode helped you. This was a short one because we just got straight to the point. Check out the show notes. Uh, I actually have a link in there on some free trainings that you can have directly in your email. Highly encourage you to watch that because if you liked this episode and you actually got tangible takeaways in one of those uh, trainings, there's five of them. In one of them, I actually talk about food combination, protein, fats, sugar, uh, all that good stuff. So uh, along with gut health cooking methods and supplement regimen. So that is that for today's episode. Thanks for uh, listening and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.